Hello there, and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast, a show to encourage and empower creative CEOs just like yourself through actionable legal, tax, and financial topics. I'm Brayden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator, but you can just call me Brayden, your gay best friend, here to help you unfuck that biz. If you're ready to dive in, grab a notebook, maybe some coffee, and buckle in to learn how you can implement solid strategies to build a profitable business. Well, hello, Bestie, and welcome back to the podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden, and today I am excited to talk to you about trademarks. Now, as I sat down to record this episode, it took me a little longer to get started than normal because my fancy camera was acting up, but I did what anyone who doesn't know anything about cameras would do, and I turned it off and on again three times until it finally came into focus. It was just a focus issue. So so many of you photographers I thought might get a kick out of that. Okay, so we're talking about trademarks. Here's where we're going to head today. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a uh, an agenda. So I'm going to share with you like kind of how I got started into trademarks. Then we're going to talk about a new idea that I've recently had and how it's been going since I've implemented it. If you are in my Facebook group and I'll make mail list, you probably already know about that. But I'm going to share some updates. Very fun. And then I'm going to read a short section from my book, Unfuck Your Biz, same title as a podcast all about trademarks. And then um, I just have a few quick tips and lessons learned I want to share at the end. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a little while, you may know that I am new to filing trademarks for clients as of when did we start? February, March? I think we got our first clients in March. So still pretty new. We've only done a few batches of trademarks. I usually do them in batches just because that really works well for me. It tends to work well for our clients. We take about five new trademark clients. Um, We were going to do five new every month, but since it's a new service, we haven't had quite enough to do five every month. So at this point, we've been on kind of an every other month schedule. But with this new thing that I just created, it might start ramping up and we might get to five a month. And that is the idea that I had to start doing trademark I'm calling them trademark quickie searches is is what we're calling them. I could probably come up with a better name, but you know what? I think it fully explains what we're doing. And that's the first thing that popped into my head. So what this is, let me give you some context, first of all. So when we do trademark searches, it's fairly, it can be fairly complex if you're doing it right. It can be fairly complex. In fact, when I promoted this quickie search idea, I had one person reply and say, well, don't you just like go to the trademark website and search your trademark name and it's free? And I said, yeah, I mean, you can do that. But that's like the equivalent of just like typing one thing into Google and expecting to be able to synthesize like all of the information with a quick scan of the first page of the Google search results, right? And that's really assuming that you know what you're searching for. So the thing is, when you do trademark searches, we have particular circumstances where you can have you can have your business name and you can find another registered trademark that is somewhat similar and how would you as a non-trademark expert know whether that name is too similar most of the time people will think well it's not the an identical name so it's fine not the case it really comes down to whether there's a likelihood of confusion that one person could look at your mark 
and confuse it for someone else's mark? And that is a complicated question to answer. And it has to do with how similar are, you, are your services? Are they registered in the same class? Are they spelled similarly? You can also have trademarks that are spelled very differently, but sound the same, right? So you can have, um, I don't know why the first thing that's coming to my, into my mind is like the word affect with an A and effect with an E. They both say effect. Um, so if you had a trademark, let's say like effect media, for example, well, effect with an A and effect with an E, if you had both of those names, they still would probably, they could be too similar depending on what services they're for. So when we do searches, these are all the things that we have to look for. And we have to search for various iterations of a name. And you use complex like search formulas to do that. Now, there are softwares that make this process a lot easier, like expensive softwares for attorneys. So I started using one at the recommendation of the trademark mentor that I've been working with. Um, whenever we have complex trademark issues, we kind of have been kicking it to her and she helps us out, which is fantastic. And she recommends a particular software. Um, I think it's like, I'd have to go double check. I think it's like around $400 a month. Um, just this just helps you with the searches, right? And due to the volume of trademarks we've done, I have not invested in that. Instead, we do a single day license. So you can pay for a one day license to the software for a hundred bucks. So that's another reason why we batch our trademarks because we can get five clients signed on. We can do all the searches in a day and then uh, we can go on and move along. And that helps keep our margins down. So if we have to pay more for the software and the tools and we have to charge more for the trademarks, doing it in these batches helps keeps the cost down for our clients. So we have more competitive pricing, everyone wins, right? So after I did my last batch of trademark searches, I kind of thought to myself, I was sitting there and I was like, well, that was kind of fun. I should do some more searches for my uh, own business because I have created some new programs. I'm like, I'll go ahead and search those names while I have my license. Um, I even asked some of our monthly legal clients if they had trademark names they wanted us to search while I had my one day license. And then I thought, because I get super spur of the moment ideas, um, and I tend to just run with them, which is a blessing and a curse sometimes. I thought, well, what if we just did like once a month, I just did a whole bunch of searches, like I paid for the one day license. I did a whole bunch of searches. I'm assuming that's not a violation of their terms of service. I should probably check that, you know, as an attorney, but I'm paying for the license. I'm assuming they don't have a, a limitation on the number of marks I can search in that day. Why don't we just offer to do these searches? Now, normally the way our trademark process works is we charge $500 to do a trademark search, and then we charge $1,000 to do the trademark filing. And... Really, when we do a search, we are ideally, you know, we're going to be searching in depth. We're going to look and see if there are potential competitors. We'll look into those competitors. We'll maybe search different variations of the name. But I was like, if all I did was just put like the actual brand name into the um, search software, generated the report, sent it to um, the client or the student who's signing up for this. And just the, give them a quick opinion on like, no, I think it's complete no-go. Yes, I think you're probably good. You should always probably do a little bit more searching though. Or I think we need to do a more detailed search. We can do that like pretty quick per brand name. So it's like, let's do it. 10 bucks per search, per trademark quickie search. I sent on an email. I capped it at 20 spots because that was about the capacity that 
I thought I could handle. And we sold out our 20 spots in a, just a hair over two hours, which was pretty wild to me. So that was, I think, on a Wednesday, uh, last Wednesday, I think, two Wednesdays ago. And then I did all the searches on Friday, sent out the reports. Um, everyone that I heard back from really seemed to love it. And then uh, this past week, I decided to do five more. So I was going to wait a month. I decided to do five more. We had people on the wait list already for the next batch. So I emailed just the wait list folks and we sold out those five spots in another couple of hours. So if you're interested in getting one of these trademark quickie searches, we'll put the link in uh, the show notes. But if you go to our everything page on the website, just go to notabglaw.com, click on everything. You'll see the link to the quickie searches you can get on the wait list. I've since increased the price from $10 to $30. $10 was just... It was a lot of time spent um, for the amount of money. Let's just put it that way. So uh, we've done 25 quickie searches, brought in, signed on about five full trademark clients now. So we can do a little bit more searching, consulting with those clients, and then the actual trademark application, which is super fun. So my game plan moving forward is that every month, we're probably going to narrow it down. I'm probably going to do 10. I, it might change based on our availability, but I'll probably do 10 of the quickie searches. We'll email our waitlist first. So if you're on the waitlist, you'll get first opportunity to get your uh, to get signed up for the quick search. And then if we don't fill our spots from the waitlist, we'll open it up to the general public. But I plan on doing this again uh, in September, probably really probably just in, in a couple of weeks. So early September. Um, so stay tuned for that. Get on the waitlist if you're interested. Okay. So let me, let's do this. I had another note before we did the book reading portion, but I think I want to read that section and then I'm going to get to this other note that I had. So why am I reading for the book? Well, I wrote this whole damn book, everybody. If you don't already have a copy, you should go grab one. It's really, really great. Um, spent a lot of time on it. And sometimes, you know, I go to explain things on here on the podcast, teach concepts when I've done so much work to put it in a clear and concise manner in my book. So I'm like, well, why don't I just go through the book? And why would I like create a script for the podcast when I can just read from the book? So that's what we're going to do. So uh, let me go to page 269 in my book. If you have a copy, you can open it and read along if you would like. And we're going to skip so this chapter is on this is chapter 13, trademark and copyright, we're going to skip the general explanation on the differences between intellectual property law, the differences between trademark and copyright. That would have been good for me to explain at the top of the podcast. Hopefully you get it at this point, though, and we're just going to start with trademarks. Here we go. Generally speaking, the first person to use a trademark in the marketplace owns that mark and has protection against those who later use it. This is a default protection. We don't necessarily have to do anything. However, registering a trademark provides a whole collection of benefits. Typically, when we discuss trademarks, it's implied that we're talking about registered marks. Remember this general rule. To qualify as a trademark, the name or logo must either be unique enough to earn recognition on its own or have earned enough recognition through continued use over time. The second prong is referred to as acquired distinctiveness. Distinctiveness or uniqueness is an important concept in trademark law. Another important concept is likelihood of confusion. A big reason we have marks is to protect our brands, to prevent them from being diluted by copycats who our clients or customers could confuse for our own business. 
If another's mark is too similar to yours and it could confuse consumers, you may be able to go to court and seek an order for that other company to cease using the mark. In some ways, this ties into distinctiveness. A very distinct mark is unlikely to confuse. In some circumstances, two or, or more, wait, yeah, in some circumstances, two uh, or, oh, I have a typo. I should note that. Okay, noting that for the next round. Two or more businesses can have the same mark. The question is still whether there's a likelihood of confusion. Delta is a good example. When you think of Delta, what do you think of first? Maybe the airline? I'm riding this from my kitchen island and I'm sitting next to the sink. We have a Delta faucet. I doubt any people would ever would have ever assumed that there's one company named Delta in both the airline and kitchen appliance industries. The point is those identical marks can exist in the market without creating likelihood of confusion. Trademarks versus trade names. So I'm going to read this too, because I think a lot of people have questions about this. Earlier, I mentioned the names we choose for our LLCs rarely matters. That's in a previous chapter. As long as the name is available in our state, we can have it. I also noted that LLC names don't provide the same protections as trademarks. This is because our LLC name is often our trade name. A trade name is one we use for billing, banking, tax, and other official purposes, as opposed to a trademark, which is used to market our goods and services. This is why some of us, like myself, opt for a simple trade name, Braden Drake LLC. I can then market under various trademarks if and when I'd like. So I own a trademark for Unfuck Your Biz, and I currently have trademark applications out for some of my other brand names as well. Um, technically, we don't, well, the Not Your Average Law Firm, Not ABG Laws, our new actual brand name. But before, it was really just a personal brand. So next, we have uh, sections in the book on choosing a name, trademark strength, so what types of trademarks are stronger than others, more on why you should register a trademark, and more on the trademark filing process. So if you want to read about those, you can grab a copy. We also have the audiobook, which is super fabulous if you like listening to me read. So that's our book section. Um, a few a few other things I wanted to share. So yesterday I had a client call um, with a client on a trademark that I thought was a little bit of a toss up. So this happens, you know, fairly frequently. We can never guarantee that a trademark application is going to get approved. Even when it seems like a slam dunk, there might be something that pops up that we're not really aware of. This is why um, I find trademarks kind of a tough service to sell. I probably just need to get better at it, to be honest. Um, but, you know, when it comes to LLCs and those kind of things, like you pay for the LLC, we file the LLC, you get the LLC. Like there's not really any question marks. With trademarks, it's like you pay for it, we file it, we cross our fingers that it gets approved. And if they say, we don't think you should get this trademark, we hope that it's an easy fix. Sometimes it's not though. And some people feel like that's a little bit of a gamble and they don't like they don't like that feeling, right? It's understandable. They don't want to spend the money if they don't know if they're going to get approved. But sometimes it's something that you really need to seek, even if you're not positive, you'll get approved. So this is what I was talking about on this client call yesterday. And this client, um, we never really assign odds. So I don't ever really say 30% chance of approval, 70% chance of approval. This one, I just said, you know, it may get approved, it may not get approved. 
And uh, although the client understandably didn't really want to risk that, we talked about the benefits of getting the trademark. And I shared that it's a huge asset if you ever go to sell your company. This is not something I used to talk a lot about, but I need to start talking about it more because now that we offer one-on-one legal services, we have a legal subscription. And I think that we currently have, I know two people who are actively in the process of either buying or selling a business. We have one client who's currently selling a business. We have another client who's currently buying a business. And we have another client with whom we've talked about selling a thing that they're currently creating like down the road in the future. And um, I think a couple of these folks, they're very business savvy and they they probably created the things that they're selling with the intent to sell them down the road. Uh, I know I know the other client for sure probably never had this attention uh, intention, but a lot of us don't really know what we're gonna do in the future, right? Generally, once we're ready to to work less or just pivot, we have a few options that as we can either just walk away from our business, we can sell our business, right? Which is walking away, but like getting money for it. If we've built a strong business, that's a very, very valuable asset we can sell. Someone else can take it over. Um, Or we can continue to manage it and, or we can continue to own it, but not manage it, which I think is a very overlooked option. Like you can hire a CEO to replace you. The CEO can make the salary and you can just make the profit distributions, right? So that's another option. That was a little off topic. But if you ever do want to go sell, then it's very important that you own your IP. You can sell without owning the IP, but the IP makes your company more valuable, right? Because typically they're buying your customer list. They're buying your brand, which includes your trademarks and your copyrights and all that, and your goodwill and everything that comes with it. So that's reason number one, why it's good to get trademarks. And another thing is if you're newer in business and you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, Brayden, I don't know, the trademark sounds pretty expensive and I'm pretty new in business. I'm not making a lot of money yet. But on the flip side, like my counterpoint to you would be that it is way better to do your trademark earlier before you've really established a brand because it's much worse if you're five years down the road and you go to file a trademark and you can't get it. And then you're like, oh shit, for a long-term, like a long-term business strategy, I really need to own this brand. So now I need to pick a new name and rebrand. Whether that's your actual business name, a program name, an event name, whatever, right? Conference name, you name it. These are all things that can be good to own IP around. So although it's costs you more in the beginning in terms of percentage of your revenue, right? Like the $1,500 trademark is a much bigger investment when you're making $1,000 a month than it is when you're making $40,000 a month, pulling numbers out of nowhere. You get the picture. Um, Okay. So the other reason I recommended doing it, even though it might be a toss up, is getting a trademark is also a lot more helpful if you ever plan on expanding out of your geographic area, right? Because typically, if you've only been operating in your own small space and you've had the name for a while, you're like, cool, you can chill. But if you plan to expand, really owning that name is very important for a lot of reasons. So those are a couple of reasons why you should consider a trademark, even if you're a newer in business or if it seems like a bit of a toss up. Another couple, I had another couple of quick bullet points I wanted to share before we wrap this up as well. Um, When I got into this doing trademarks, I thought the vast majority 
of our clients would be course creators because I work with a lot of online business owners like myself. And I would say that still has, that actually has been the majority for good reason because one, this online business universe is still pretty new, still pretty new. So what that means is there's a lot of names out there that I think um, are very trendy. Let's put it this way, way or obvious something where I said like, oh, I want to create a course about this. And we sat down to brainstorm names. There are certain names that would definitely pop up. And those names haven't been trademarked yet. Um, whereas, you know, we get 10, 20 years down the road, I think we're going to start to see all of those names be like snatched up by course creators. So if you can get your foot in the door and trademark your name for, you know, your online summit, your course, your membership, your in-person event, whatever thing it is that you're creating that you created a brand for, you want to own that IP. It's hugely valuable and it's going to be a lot easier to get in now rather than later. On the flip side, I really thought it would be a lot harder to do. Well, I can't say for certain. Again, we've just started, so we haven't gotten a lot of feedback back from the USPTO on these trademarks. So I can't say that they're all like really easy, but this is what I mean. I really thought when I started doing searches for trademarks for event-based businesses, wedding planners, wedding venues, really all the wedding folks that we help. I thought a lot more names would be highly saturated than they have been, which tells me that if you're in the event space, there might be a lot more opportunity to own your name than you thought there was. So if you're in that position, it might be worthwhile doing a search as well. So that's it. That's all I had to share for this episode. Again, if you're interested in learning more about the trademark quickie searches or getting on the wait list, um, go check that out on our everything page. I think that's going to be like the entry point into working with us with our trademarks now. You can still fill out our contact form and we can go through like just the regular process of onboarding you as a one-on-one -on -one client. But now that I've put this like quickie search option out there, it's like, I don't know why anyone wouldn't just want to start with like such a low dollar investment just to see whether it's worth pursuing more. So if you agree with me, go sign up. Um, if not, fill out our contact form. Uh, I've been wrong before for sure. If you have questions, send me a DM on Instagram at Braden Adam Drake. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, let's get on those trademarks. Have a good one. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.